Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, ambassador of 805 Connect and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and encouragement, and thanks to our podcasting partner, Pullstring Press, for this great studio. Well, today's guest is Ray Bowman, who is the director of the Small Business Development Center of Ventura and Santa Barbara Counties. Hey, Ray. Hi. Thanks for having me. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, you, you always have a smile on your face. I like that about you. You're, you got great energy, and you're you you. So your your beat is two counties, right? Yeah, two whole counties. Our our SBDC covers from a Westlake Village, literally down to Vandenberg Air Force Base. So it's a pretty big area, over a hundred miles worth of uh, area. Well, the eight hundred five is is pretty good sized, and. In the last couple of years we've been running this project, uh, I became aware of SBDC kind of right off the bat. But I've been in business here since 1972 and had never heard of it. So, and yet when I talk to you, what did you say, you have 600 clients? Uh, yeah, at any one year we'll talk to about 600 different clients. Uh, we're part of a program, so the SBDC network is a national program. Uh, sponsored by the SBA. So there's literally a thousand different SBC center, SBDC centers like mine. A thousand? Mine. A thousand of them, over 63 regions in the U.S. Um, so if you look at the entire program, it represents over 6,000 business advisors, um, encompassing literally the entire U.S., and about a million five-plus companies that we, uh, that we consult from a year-to-year basis nationally. And then our center, which is part of the Los Angeles region of SBDCs, right. uh, we consult close to 600 businesses a year. So at any one month, we're going to have probably 120, 150 different appointments with different types of businesses, ranging from you know, small part-time home-based businesses all the way up to aerospace companies, biomed companies. So, uh, so okay, so I, I understood the small business side and the s- startup business, so how do you help a medium-sized business? Well, in fact, a lot of uh, companies that we deal with, we deal with a whole big range. So if I if I divided up those 600 clients, um, probably a quarter to a third of those clients are startups. Um, so those are the startups that we'll, we'll work with. Um, then about 23% or more of our clients are manufacturers. So we deal a lot of manufacturers from very small 10-person operations all the way right. up to several hundred people. Um, then the rest of that is a mixture between uh, service, retail, wholesale businesses, restaurants. Um, so whole wide range. So as you can imagine, to have that kind of range, you know, to you know, we have companies right. who are large aerospace companies. We've got uh, uh, we have biomedical companies, uh, medical device companies, pharmaceutical, um, you know, all the way down to pet-sitting businesses. So you have to have this really wide range of expertise to, you know, help the needs of both the startup as well as a more advanced business. So we're really blessed in our, in our area, in these two counties, that um, we have amazing entrepreneurial talent. I know, right? And, uh, I've got a I've got a pool of over thirty consultants with just amazing talent. They all have uh, great track records. They're all entrepreneurs. Um, they're all people who have owned and operated multiple businesses, and we have a range of expertise. So I have since we do a lot of manufacturing, we have experts in lean manufacturing, process improvement, product costing, R and D. Um, intellectual property. We have experts in social media, in finance, loan packaging, QuickBooks, um, international trade, import, export, uh, legal compliance, licensing, permitting. So, you know, we just have all these different skills that we can draw off of from our advisors, and our advisors tend to have more than one skill. So we might have someone who you know, has a manufacturing background, but, you know, they also specialize in hospitality or, you know, we have people with finance backgrounds, but they've owned different sorts of businesses. So, uh, you know, you pull off a lot of expertise, right? Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of great bench strength and 
And that's what it takes to, to help some of these companies. So we can work with a company that has as basic a question as help me with my business plan or how do I start up a business or get permitting that I need. And how much does that cost if they come in and, and say, I want you to help me write a, you know, someone said, I have to have a plan. I've got a great idea, but I need a business plan. I've, I've heard the concept, but they call you and then... Then what happens? Well, when they call us, we intake them. It's an SBA program, so we have to go through an intake process. But the good news is I I don't call it free because it's really not free. It's prepaid by your tax dollars. So so I always tell companies this is one of the best tax rebates you can ever get because our services are paid for by your tax dollars. And, uh, in fact, our program is funded a combination of half of federal funds but half of local funds, both private and public sector. So it's really the community that's paying for these consulting dollars, and they're available to all the businesses um, throughout the region. So, so then is this a job for the consultants, or is this is this a, a volunteer work on their part? You know, they for the good of the community, they are helping businesses? I like to refer to them as paid volunteers. Okay. Uh, they are paid consultants, uh, but no one gets rich off of the SBA level of pay for a consultant. Would, right. we, we have a certain cap on what we're allowed to pay. Right. And most of the consultants that do work for us, um, about I would say about a third of our consultants are professional consultants. They have a practice and they're active as private consultants. And most of them get anywhere from four to six times more than what I pay them per hour. Uh, Then another third of my consultants are retired professionals, business owners, who just want to keep in it. They love working with businesses and helping them. And then I have another third that probably make more in a month than my entire program's funded in a year. Oh, my gosh. And they just need to scratch that entrepreneurial itch. Right. So um, I call them paid volunteers. There's no way I could compensate them for their level of expertise. So I, I always tell them, I'm paying you to do paperwork, and you're consulting for free. So that's... So they've got a lot of passion around this. Yes. It, it's, you know, I get, on average, I probably get about half a dozen calls a week of consultants that want to work for a program. Really? And But you only yet you only take 30. Yeah. So you get and, 300 calls. Yeah, and and we have the luxury of of having some just great talent. But, you know, one of the key things when I interview a consultant is, do you believe in the mission of what we're doing? Do you believe in helping small businesses? Are you are you passionate about helping these entrepreneurs? Um, are you on board with the mission that helping these entrepreneurs is also good for the local economy. Right. And it's right. one of the best forms of economic development. So I, I always look for, for that, that passion of service of giving back to your community. And we're so lucky that we have entrepreneurs who are willing to do that. So, um, and it, and it takes some really good expertise. You know, it's, it's one thing being a, a consultant who deals with one area of practice but I have consultants where, you know, they're in a, a pro audio company one day, they're in a manufacturer the other, they're in a farm mm. the next. Must be fun for them. Oh, it's it's great fun. We we have a blast. And we love to share stories. We love the bragging rights, you know, when one of our consultants really hits a home run and a, So give us tell us a story. Well, um, for example, there is a uh, there was a company that's a uh, uh, aerospace manufacturer, they make uh, aerial vehicles unmanned aerial vehicles. And they knew about our services, and I had talked to them, and they were a fairly good-sized company. But I said, you know, the, our, our training uh, dollars that we have through uh, what's called employer training fa- panel funds, we're, we're an administrator of those types of funds where we can help subsidize training, um, our consulting, all of those things are open to a variety of different companies. And the term small and medium size is based on SBA guidelines. So sure. so small means a different thing, you know, one company to another. So I approached this company and I said, we'd love to help you. We'd love to get involved in some of the things that you're doing to help you grow. And uh, so we had this conversation and then it was sort of like, yeah, yeah. And then a few months later they said, well, can you help us with export compliance? Because there's all these new rules in exporting. And if you have certain types of items, 
um, you know, that have to deal with national security or, oh, course, or sure. defense. You have to have certain types of licensing, and, and the rules got very complicated over the last couple of years with export reform. And so they came to us and they said, can you help us with this? We've been looking all over and we've been looking at private sector sources and so on. So, um, so I spoke to him and I said, well, we have some very good connections with some people I think can help you who not only have the expertise but know your industry very well. Oh. So I brought, we were able to bring in one of uh, who I consider one of the top 10 attorneys on this subject in the world. Really? Uh, I- I local? Local. Wow. And uh, he came in to help, and we brought a whole team in. Uh, bottom line is we trained over 500 people. Uh, and then as a result of that training, we got on the conversation of manufacturing because they're a manufacturer. And I said, well, you know, we have some very good people in process improvement, lean manufacturing. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed. I've got uh, four different consultants who have expertise in Lean Six Sigma. I have right. one that's a master uh, really? black belt, mm. which uh, you have to attain a very high level of excellence to, to um, in savings for a company to be at that level. So we play this game on the show called Buzzword Bingo. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure that the person listening right now knows what Six Sigma is. A lot of companies and a lot of people don't. What it is, it's a, a practice. It's a, it's a whole methodology that um, centers around process improvement. In other words, eliminating waste. So what that is, and the idea of eliminating waste is, waste is anything a client won't pay for. So oh, if you have to is rework- that how it's defined? Yeah, so if you re- have to rework an item, right. Right, the client's not gonna pay for that. If you have defective product, client doesn't pay for it. If it's late, if it takes you 10 times longer to make the item than it should, that's not something necessarily a client pays for. So Lean Six Sigma, ha- um, all kinds of industries use it. The aerospace industry relies on it, the automotive industry, any industry where the level of perfection has to be so high that you literally can't afford defects. So for example, uh, you know, if you're someone like Boeing, sure. You, 99% you'd have planes falling out of the sky. I mean, they are 99.9999999999 on and on and on level of perfection. Automotive makers have to be at a high level of perfection. So these are statistical tools and methods of, of helping companies. And, and uh, it's not only for manufacturing, but you can do this with hospitals, offices. In fact, we leaned out our office. So it's a whole discipline. So that's the term is what you leaned it out? Yeah, leaned it out. It doesn't mean firing people. It doesn't mean cutting their pay. It means efficiency. And, and so we work with a lot of companies. So anyway, getting back to this company, we said, hey, we can, I think we can really help you. And they said, well, we've got, you know, we have lean Six Sigma people here and we have a black belt. Anyway, they agreed and they said, we'd like some help. We brought that in. So we trained another uh, probably 50, 60 people. And then that led us to working with them every single month for the last year and a half mm. in helping them with process improvement. And that whole time, we've been able to subsidize that training, either partially or completely. And uh, so anyway, the, the vice president of the company called me, and he said, I just want to let you know that we were really concerned when you came to us and offered these free services, because they said, certainly we can pay for these services. But they said, when we looked around, you had the best experts. Mm. And when we used you, they said, undoubtedly, you were the best we've ever used in the country. And we've used a lot of people. So what makes me happy about that is that translated into a few hundred jobs. It's translated into several million in capital. It's translated in a company that's more competitive against overseas competition. And we have all kinds of stories like that. We, uh, we had a company out in Goleta that um, their production went from 14 days down to two. Um, through your help? Through our help. Um, we've had companies with, that had uh, regulatory problems where they were struggling with, you know, a county or city and trying to get a project underway. And we were able to come in there and help clarify what they needed to do. And, and we were a liaison between them city, county, just to help them manage their own project. And so, you know, as much as we can do the, you know, standard, what's your business plan, financials type of work, we can go to a very high level with clients. So we've, 
you know, we've uh, helped clients understand how to stress test uh, their financials prior to going to investors. Uh, we have permitting hmm. experts. Hmm. So, so we have a whole range. And wow. the other reason we do this, too, is it, it keeps my consultants sharp. And they, they love those challenges. So they love helping the beginner. And they love when I bring them into these really challenging engagements. And, uh, and we learn from that, too. So it makes it fun. One of the things that um, the 805 Connect project is, one of the outcomes is uh, profiling all of the businesses and profiling the people in the businesses by their skills, what they're good at, where they could use some help. And, and we've talked about how that can help you. And we're actually tracking 135 different skills. And so when we're looking at the skill set of the region, we're able to look and see where we have pockets of specific skills. And I'm thinking as an entrepreneur, as a business person, if I'm good at 10 things, that's pretty good, but that's 125 I'm not good at. Or I don't, I need to go find some help. So that's, that's where someone comes to SBDC and says, I need help in this specific area. And you're not really even boxed in. You, you kind of can do anything, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, you know, you touched on um, a real interesting point, and it's something that really matters in terms of our success. Because as, as a center, we've had some very good success. We, uh, year before last, we run a, won a, a SBA award for innovation and excellence. As, uh, an, as an operation. As an operation. Uh, we've been considered one of the leading um, SBDCs in the network uh, oh, for wow. the last five years. Congratulations. Um, we were one of the first in the country to go paperless. So we've, we've had a lot of good success, not only within our program, but with our clients, more importantly. But I'm often asked, what are the ingredients? What are, what are the success areas? Um, you know, what makes the program successful and what makes mm. some of these entrepreneurs successful? And one of the things that we do that doesn't relate directly to technical consulting, and one of the things that 805 Connect does very well as well is networking. And mm -hmm, networking mm -hmm. is such an important part you of bet. the success of the businesses that we worked with. The better network the business, the better they tend to do. And and we see that. We see that with startups. You know, one of the questions we ask startups when we intake them is, what's your supportive community? Who do you have behind you mm. in helping you with your startup? Or if it's a larger company, um, some of our best entrepreneurs have endless resources that they can go to, um, you know, with different types of expertise. So the network really matters. Connecting community really matters. And a big part of our success with clients is connecting them to other resources, connecting them to the community. And once they learn that as a strategy, it multiplies. Right, right, right. You know? And so that's a really important thing. Why is that so hard for businesses to figure out? They... And I think they think about networking in a in an unusual way. I'll just say that they don't really get the power of it. So, what what are your three networking tips for? Let's uh, we'll have a little teachable moment right now. <laughs> well, I, I I think in terms of networking, um, there's a couple things that are really important to the idea of networking. One idea is is that in order to network, you have to have something of value to give the person you're networking with. In other words, networking isn't just showing up at mixers, you know, having a selfie with someone that you like, <laughs> you know, going out for drinks, having uh, what I call yagum, yet another good conversation. It's not about that. Um, the best networking comes when there's an exchange of value between the people that you're networking with. So I know as a consultant, I spent years doing international trade consulting. And to do that, you need all these different contacts, trade attorneys, bankers. But, you know, there comes a time where people stop answering your calls if you're not bringing any value back to them. Right. So it's really important to be conscious of what you're bringing to the party when you're networking throughout different resources. The other thing that's real important, and there was actually a guy named Rob Cross. He did, a, uh, he did an I, article I've for read the— read Rob's uh, book. yeah. And uh, Rob Cross, he, he has a really nice article in um, Harvard Business Review, and he talks about the right kind of networking. You know, the mix of networking matters. The mix of and the variety of people that you network with is very important. So I, I think that's real um, 
that's a real critical element is the right kind of network and bringing exchange of value you know so so if someone gives you some good information pay it forward back you know either pay it forward to someone else or pay it forward to that person that you're bringing them some value as well so it sounds like a strong thing that you're reiterating with your clients oh absolutely absolutely because um you know if you build a network through these valued exchanges then um, you can draw off them, you know, and there's a lot of value to that. And I can say without a doubt that our clients who have the stronger networks tend to do better. And, and that's, a, that's a repeating thing over and over again. Um, the other thing, though, that's critical to networking, and uh, someone, I, I forget who wrote this, but someone wrote a, an interesting paper, and they were talking about the different personalities of entrepreneur or business owner, right? And and they divided it into two, two sort of characterizations. And one was the rich, and one was king, and the whole idea of king huh. versus rich, and 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 what this person was was meaning to to say is, is that you know if you're king, it's really fun to be king. You're the boss. You call the shots, but the king is autonomous and doesn't always listen. You know, but if you're the rich guy. You don't necessarily care whether you're king or not, whether you get credit or not. You just want to be rich. You want to move your project mm. forward, mm. and and making money is part of the recognition that that the job you're doing is is on track. And so we often get this with with clients. We'll get clients who don't want to give up control. The control is so important to them. They want to be king. But often they'll give up that control uh, to their detriment because. Um, when we give advice, it, it's a very we put clients in a very vulnerable position. We're we're giving them comment about their business, and for them to listen to advice or access training or go to other people, you have to give up a certain amount of control. And sometimes that feels for a lot of us, it's it's a real threatening kind of feeling, but it's necessary to grow your business. It's necessary to, you know, uh, a business takes customers who buy into your product as well as employees and organizations mm-hmm, and banks mm-hmm. and you have to let them in and part of that letting in is is giving up control so a big part of networking is not just network with people but be receptive to to advice be receptive to constructive criticism and uh, and that's such a huge part of it and we all have little blocks for doing that right we all have our pride we all have our egos but um, one of the things I've learned in business is continually having to fire myself from duties, you know, because you can't be an expert in all things, and you have to rely on the expertise of other people to get work done. So following on that, you said that the, um, the best, network comes, best networking comes from an exchange of value. So if I'm one part of my brain is what am I giving? What am I investing in this relationship? What do I have to give to you, Ray, today? Right? And then I can't just be thinking of that. That If we were all just thinking of that, that'd be fantastic. But it's not. Yeah. I also am aware that you're wanting to give something to me. And so I need to be able to receive that and honor that and kind of recognize that. Oh, look, well, thank you for that. That was really good. I learned something there, and you learned something. And actually, now that I think of it, if I were, I can have that conversation in my head right now, I can imagine sitting down with someone having that kind of a very enlightened, evolved conversation, you would both come away from that feeling pretty fantastic, wouldn't yeah. you? Well, and I always think about the opposite, because I, I get this a lot. And several times a week, I have this conversation. I'll have someone come into our offices and say, uh, boy, we really need to do something together, you know. I'm really excited about working with you. And I'll go, great. What would you like to do? And they'll go, well, what do you have for me? And it's like, well, <laughs> networking They're not adding does, value. They're not adding value. And at the same time, I've had these great relationships come up, you know, public-private partners coming to us and saying, you know, I heard that you're doing this. I can bring these sets of skills or, gee, we've got this new loan program. Do you have clients that might be interested oh, in sure, this? Oh, sure, sure. So you those, like that. Those exchanges are so so valuable, and, and, and it's part of what makes our program do what it does. It's not just technical advice, 
but it's, you know, part of the reason anyone goes to a consultant is not only for expertise, but for their networks, you know, their ability to network, and for their ability to see a lot of different perspectives, perspectives and bring those perspectives to that business, you know, and, and that's mm. a huge, um, that's a huge value to small businesses because we're all sort of working, you know, whether you're a restaurant or a manufacturer, you're sort of in your own world working your own business and the solutions to your challenges might be just across the street. Might be a lateral. With that other business. Right. An unrelated business, you know. It could be a, a, re a practice that a restaurant's doing may become a best practice for you, but it takes advisors and consultants who have been around the block. Who've seen that. Yeah. They were across the street and saw, oh, look what yeah. that guy did. Yeah. And how else do you get that kind of perspective? So as much as we keep our client information confidential, we have consultants who have had all these different scenarios that they can bring to these local businesses. And it helps kind of expand their their horizons. In fact, we just, we just had a company um, that had a maintenance department. And we brought... Uh, the maintenance department to visit um, actually a, uh, a city-run maintenance department that mm. had won national awards. Ooh. So What city? Uh, it was actually City of Oxnard. Oh, great. And so the idea was is that this business could learn from a, from a best practice that was actually public sector. So, um, you know, we get involved in all kinds of those educational And that's moments. not a nor normal – you wouldn't have connected those two dots. No, not normally. And, and the thing is, that's, um, that's what gives a lot of richness to our program because, again, we're not just a service provider of consultants, but we're embedded in the community. We, uh, we have a lot of relationships within the community, and so we understand where some of the resources are that a lot of businesses wouldn't normally see. Do you think... Because I, you know, I'm all about relationships. I'm a student of relationships. I'm in that. I'm in that relationship. I'm in the perfect business. I'm in the, you know, helping people build stronger relationships. Is that a a core tenet of SBDC, or is that something you brought? You've been doing this for a long time. Is that something you brought and said, "Listen, I know this is a successful key indicator for businesses." And we're going to make a big deal of that here. I talk with a lot of other center directors, and, and as you can imagine, there's over a thousand right, centers. Right. So they all operate a little bit differently, all have different communities that they operate in. But I think when you talk to any center director around the country and ask them about the clients they were really successful with, there was always an element of networking. There was always an element of, of uh, being embedded in the community, understanding what resources were around, um, things that go above and beyond just having a skill set of knowledge. And, uh, and that's a real important part of what we do. Um, you know, one, one of the things I look for when we bring on new consultants is not only what their expertise is and their experience, but what do their networks look like? What... How embedded are they in the community? How involved are they within their industry of practice? You know, and and those things have a lot of value that you can't always measure. You know, is it's interesting as I'm listening to this because I get to center sit at the center of a bunch of these conversations, and this idea of um, what's your extracurricular activity? It's kind of what you're saying. And it's we were talking earlier about um, interns, and you know, college kid goes and gets first job, and the one of the questions is, where did you intern? They go, oh, I didn't. Okay, next. And you're saying to your consultants, where, where do you network? What kind of networks are you involved in? So you want to look at that civic involvement and those kinds of things as well. Yeah, and and it can and and community can be all kinds of different things. Sure, I mean, sure. for example, uh, we just uh, put out a new resource for our clients called the Virtual Business Advisor. And so if you go on to Tell our... Tell us about that. Yeah, if you go on to our website, edc-vc.com, uh, EDC um, if you look at... There's uh, several different menus you can choose. And if you choose the virtual, um, virtual learning icon... Right. 
you can go to that and there's an icon that says virtual business advisor and we're adding to it but right now we have four different virtual business advisors one for entrepreneurs uh, new businesses um, finance uh, what's called fit for finance hmm. and a business fitness analysis and it takes about 10 or 20 minutes to go through the questions. This is a free thing that anybody Absol- can just go do. Yeah, absolutely free. Um, you do provide us some information, but other than that, it's absolutely free. You take the analysis. It gives you a 15-page report back. No kidding. And this report, based on your responses, will tell you, well, gee, are, what are the areas most concerned um, based on what your replies are? And it also benchmarks you against all the other respondents who have taken the analysis. Mm. So you can kind of see mm. how you score against others. And then it gives recommendations. And it gives hyperlinks to these recommendations. And uh, talk about community. This was developed by a company out of New Zealand called Quamano. Oh, really? And this company in New Zealand actually is the provides a CRM backbone for what is the SBDC-like program for Australia and New Zealand. Oh, and and in New Zealand, they're very innovative because, as you can imagine, uh, they can't live off of their own economy. You know, they, they don't have a consumer base like the U.S. Right. Where it's all consumer-driven, they have to have exportable things. So they've gotten really innovative. So it's, it's kind of interesting that, you know, talk about the subject of networks. I'm collaborating with a New Zealand company, help companies uh, within this county. I love that. Uh, you know, likewise, we're bringing practices back over there that they're looking for. So... You know, community, uh, the idea of community now um, can not only be based on, on an area that you want to grow, but it can be based on contacts all over the world. So, uh, Great segue. You're, um, you said earlier that um, you've got a lot of international experience. You, you somehow work in your answer where the Scottish piece plays <laughs> in there, please. I did a little, you know. The, the great New Yorker cartoon is the two guys sitting at the bar, and the guy goes, oh, I feel like I was just Googled. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I did a little bit of homework, and a couple things. One, weightlifting, so work that one in in the Scottish. But on the international trade side, we, we've talked about, you know, we're concerned about economic vitality in this region. But a lot of that means the businesses that are here are getting their customers outside of the region, right? Right. And that there are a lot of businesses coming here from outside of the region. So tell me, tell me about that. If, I mean, if, how, how do you judge if there's an international play for your business? Well, um, our center um, has been involved since its inception with international trade. And there's two reasons for that. One, one reason is that's my own personal expertise. I, sure. I've spent most of my life in, in international business and consulting. I spent 25 years working for logistics companies, supply chain management companies, uh, international banks. So, so that's kind of my background. But more than that, our, both of our, our counties, Ventura and Santa Barbara County, are um, ranked very high when – the U.S. is divided into about 100 major metropolitan areas. And our metropolitan areas are actually ranked in those top 100. And within those top 100, we're ranked very high in terms of both manufacturing and exports. And those are things we do very so well. So the 805. Yeah, the 805. We're very good. You know, people drive through the 805, and, and it's beautiful. And they, right? they, they don't know, right? Yeah, they see the beach. They see the sure. wineries. Sure. It looks so serene and passive and and i always get the question well do you think you guys will ever do international trade and i'll go well according to brookings we're we're on the top in the top hundred. Oh my gosh so uh for for example ventura county we we rank uh in the top 20 metropolitan regions in gdp to export so uh, every man woman and child in within our two counties benefits from export in fact in I just looked up the figures. Ventura County was six and a half billion in exports. Um, uh, Santa Barbara County, which is smaller in population, wasn't too far behind that. So, um, so international trade matters. But when I talk about international trade, it's really three things. What are those? And um, because we often think about international trade in terms of importing and exporting, you've got wholesalers okay. that import, you have companies, manufacturers that export. But the other big quotient is 
foreign direct investment. So if you look at California, foreign direct investment. In other words, foreign companies that invest in U.S. firms. Oh, okay, I got and it. And California is one of the leading states in the country in foreign direct investment. Literally, for every dollar of export we have, we have a dollar of foreign direct investment. Hmm. So that's a huge thing that fuels our economy is that foreign direct investment. So you may have a company that you don't readily think of in terms of exporting, but that company may have been funded by entrepreneurs overseas in other countries. So that's a big part of the picture of international trade. The other big part of the picture is tourism, because when a foreign oh, tourist sure, sure. when a foreign tourist comes to a a restaurant or a resort or a hotel and spends their money, that's a foreign investment. It's technically an export. No kidding, really. Yeah. So when we think about the global economy, if you look around here in Santa Barbara, just go up and down State Street, all of those foreign visitors, all of those foreign students. Our foreign direct investment. Uh, a lot of the businesses that you'll see around here, a lot of those may have had uh, foreign investors invest in that firm to whatever level, as well as direct import and export. So uh, we're very rich in all of those areas. Now, you know, do you, is there an effort by your organization at attracting that kind of investment, or who, who does that? Uh, well, it's a job of a lot of different people. The U.S. Department of Commerce, okay. they have a lot of services for medium and small businesses where they'll help you find not only potential investors, but potential buyers uh, of your product. Um, the U.S. Do. Department of Commerce yeah. would help in that? Absolutely. Tell me about that. Um, I, US I didn't know they, they did that. Yeah, little, little known uh, open secret. Uh, U.S. Department of Commerce has commercial officers throughout the country as well as overseas. These commercial officers, their job is to help promote U.S. exports. So um, we have uh, local officers who work our Santa Barbara Ventura County. Really? And their job How is- How many? Um, there's two that work the area, huh. but there's a whole network of them. So it, let's say I'm a, uh, a company in Santa Barbara and I wanna find a distributor in Korea for my product. U.S. Department of Commerce will actually do a distributor search, and they do it for a very low fee. We're talking hundreds, not thousands. And they will vet out potential buyers, and they will give you a complete report on those buyers. Or they'll assist you in tr foreign trade shows. If you're going to a trade show, sure. they might have a U.S. pavilion that you can participate in. Uh, um, the other thing they do that's a very cool product, it's they do what's called a gold key service. And what that is is... Um, if you're a company, let's say, uh, let's use a Korea example. You're going to Korea, and uh, U.S. Department of Commerce, let's see, say, you know, finds 10 different companies for you to talk to. In a gold key service, they'll not only brief you, but they'll meet you in the country, and they'll go on the appointments with you. Oh, wow. Yeah. So incredible service. Um, they'll do credit checks for you. Um, if you have a trade dispute, they'll try to mediate that trade dispute. So... There's well, all see, kinds I didn't of, know that was available. Yeah. And we've, uh, my background was in, is in software, and we had um, foreign direct investment from Japan and from Belgium. And it was, but now you go over there and you do trade shows over there, and it's a completely different world. And you're dealing with people you don't, I mean, there's all of those problems you just said. If you, knowing that we could have called the Department of Commerce to get some help. I should have done. I'm going to go back 20 years and do that now. And again, it's only, you know, in a few, the range of a few hundred dollars. It's very, wow. very reasonable. And um, so that's one of the, the services that they have. They even have uh, a division of commerce that looks at franchising. They have a division of commerce that looks at tourism. Um, so they'll help support uh, local tourist bureaus, uh, agritourism. Sure, because tourism is a big part of that, right? Another program that our SBDC is involved in uh, through the Economic Development Collaborative of Ventura County, we're part of a, um, a group of cities, major cities that are part of the Brookings Institute research on foreign direct investment. So through that, uh, we're a partner in helping aid Brookings in some of the research they're doing in foreign direct investment. In return, we get a lot of information uh, statistics, data, 
things that are helpful that help to you. disseminate sure. to our businesses sure. on foreign direct investment. Um, we're also part of a um, of a Southern California program to attract foreign direct investment from China. So, um, so do you have? Do you? I, I'm thinking that this is probably the wrong way to think of it, but but like a bus of foreign investors. You, you, do you do tours where you take people around the various businesses to have them get a sense of the diversity of talent here in the region? Uh, sometimes we do do that. In fact, uh, this week we had representatives from Shanghai really, um, who are interested in investing their dollars in Ventura County, and they wanted to tour our local port. We have a port of Wainimi. We actually have a seaport. It's a huge port, right? People, it's a big secret here of yeah, how amazing that is. You could be within blocks and pass by it. Right. Having said that, it's the fourth largest port in California. Really? So, uh, so it's a it's a very interesting operation. But we had some representatives coming there. I was uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was at a um, a um, part of a function, an event, where there were several hundred Chinese investors, and they were looking directly at not having an investment in China, but bringing their dollars into California. And it was interesting because you often hear about, you know, companies going from California to Texas and, you know, right, right. business unfriendliness and all of right. this. And so I was curious. So I asked some of these some of these investors who had invested millions, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars into, um, into California. And I talked with one particular entrepreneur who had gotten over $100 million in investment to do development in, uh, in Ventura County. And I asked him, I said, why? Why California? Why Ventura County? And he said, well, he said, I could go to the Midwest, and it's cheaper, but China's cheaper too. He says, but what I get here is I get access to world markets. When I'm in Southern California, huh. I can access world markets. I can have my employees have con- teleconferences with Asia and it's within the workday. Right. Uh, they said the culture here, you know, it's a very diverse culture that we have here. So if I'm a Chinese business person and I've made an investment, I can live here, I can work here. And culturally, there's lots of things for me to do. I'm not, you know, I don't feel like an outsider when I come here because wow. it's so diverse. The other thing they told me, which stuck in my head was, he says, well, yeah, it's, more expensive here than other places, but the return on investment is triple. No kidding. He says, he says, what I'm interested in is the return on investment. If I invest my dollars, what do I get out of it? He says, I've had other investments in other states, and I just don't get the return that I get from California and the expertise and the lifestyle. So all of that are really important things, and I heard that over and over again. You know, several hundred investors told me the exact same thing. So... Yeah, I thought it was interesting. So the person who's listening to this now is thinking, oh, my gosh, maybe I, you know, it's, it's hard to go up to a tech company, go up to Silicon Valley to get money, and maybe I'm, I'm looking at the wrong place to find money. Do, do this foreign direct investments look, are they looking for certain sectors to invest in, or is it across the board? You know, it's really across the board because I've, I've had calls from investors, you know, Asia, Europe, looking to invest in agriculture, or vineyards, or huh. tech companies, or biotech. You know, it, it, it really goes all over the place. I had a call from a group of business people from Hong Kong looking for companies that were involved in 3D printing. Um, so it really goes goes all over the place. And and I mentioned China because we just had you a few. You just did that, sure. Yeah, we just But we you just get them from that. all over. But we get them from all over. In fact, I'm part of a, um, a program sponsored by the State Department um, called the SBNA Partnership. And what we're doing is the SBDC program in the U.S. is one of the oldest business assistance programs in the world. And so we've developed a partnership with all of the Americas, uh, Canada all the way down to the tip of Latin America, to help strengthen other countries that have networks like us. Huh. And what's interesting was when I, when I started meeting with these other entrepreneurs, these other programs, I met with a, uh, a program that uh, is out of Spain uh, called Weira, and they're in 26 different countries, and they run business incubators, and they, really? and they cross-collaborate between countries. So for them, they'll have, they may have someone in Spain who's investing in Costa Rica or investing in 
company in Los Angeles, and they may have a product, you know, that's coming from California that's attracting investment from Europe, or they may have a European entrepreneur mm. that someone here wants to invest in. Um, so, you know, it's interesting when you begin to see some of these international networks where they're collaborating across different types of industries and businesses. So, so that brings it all the way back to the importance of networking and the power of networks and how those kinds of organizations market their viability because they've got a network. Um, we just had uh, the, a big uh, accelerator program here with, that Citrix ran. And you know, one of the big benefits was, hey, you're tapping into the Citrix network by being one of these companies. And so by being involved with SBDC, it sounds like you're sitting at the center of a tremendous amount of information, talent, skills, and interesting stories, right? I mean, you, that's oh, why you're smiling all the yeah. time because you got all these great stories. Now tell me, I, 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 we're a couple more minutes left. You, you're also a teacher. How do you find time to be a teacher? <laughs> I'm always asked that question, and I, I just I just don't think about it because if I thought about it for two seconds, I, I yeah, it's like me. I'd I, probably I, realize I didn't have the time. But uh, yeah, I've been teaching for over 14 years at Santa Barbara City College. I uh, teach international business, trade finance, import export. Um, I belong to an association called NASBITE, which is a national now international association of small business international trade educators and they have a huh. designation called the CGBP, Certified Global Business Professional. And so I actually teach a certification course in this, um, being a certified instructor. And I teach at Santa Barbara State College as well as Cal Lutheran. And I teach at the NBA school in Cal Lutheran where I teach this uh, course. I teach a course in international business. Um, this course for the CGBP certification. I also teach a MBA capstone in consulting. Um, so I've been teaching for many years, and, and teaching is not all that far afoot from consulting. It, it, right. You know, I mean, it sounds like you, you get most of the marrow out of the day. Yeah, I, I love what I do. I, I, I truly love what I do. And now, now I can tell you're pretty fit, so you've got to, to keep up with that activity. It, we got to keep our our motor running. So what kind of fitness regimen do you have? Well, you know, it's always funny because when I, when I teach a course, right, the students Google you and Facebook you and, you know, sure, I sure, mean, sure. within the first five minutes, I start seeing cell phones passing around because one of the things in my inner uh, internet past and current yeah. is uh, I was a, for years, an Olympic uh, style weightlifter. No kidding. So I did Olympic-style weightlifting, and uh, last time I competed was 2003, but I was on the U.S. team really? uh, for the World Championships, and I was in four different national championships. Well so done. So I've got uh, well done. Uh, two silver and two bronze medals. Hey, hey. And then uh, a ninth. Then on the podium. Ninth place in the world. And, nice. Uh, so, you know, clean and jerk, snatch those uh, Olympic lifts. And then... Um, uh, I just wanted to change a pace, and um, my mother was Brazilian Spanish, and my dad was Scotch Irish. So uh, uh, I had the name of Bowman. So I had a bunch of friends kind of uh, ask me, "Gee, would you like to be in Scottish Highland Games?" And uh, it was kind of a funny thing because you know when you're an Olympic weightlifter, you wear these kind of tight little spandex suits and kind of embarrassed my kids a little bit so my kids were going well dad is there any other sport that you can do where you won't wear something so embarrassing and you said how about a kilt and, and so then i show up in a uh, scottish kilt throwing it. logs and rocks and they're going dad that's not much better oh my gosh so uh i've been involved i uh belong to the scottish american athletics association and i'm a, a highland athlete so uh, for the last That's few fantastic. years, I've been I've been involved in Scottish Highland Games, and it's a, a lot of fun. And you know, if you're so busy doing the kinds of things I do, it's fun to just get out and be athletic. I, I completely agree. Um, listeners of this podcast know that that's fitness is a big thing for us. I'm a martial artist, and I'm I'm drawn to the confluence of sport and business. And I think there's there's a lot of similarities between those. What makes you really good at sport? Discipline, teamwork, uh, thinking of others before yourself, the drive, the goal. All of those things are great traits to foster in a, as a business person. In fact, it's interesting when I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, two of the most common 
hobbies that I see in entrepreneurs are athletics and music. And uh, by far, running away, you know, if you ask them, I found more musicians and athletes uh, who are entrepreneurs and anything else I can think of. Well, at Wayfront Technologies, which was where I got my start in software, at one point we had five architects and six pianists. <laughs> and they're, you know, software guys. Yeah. And that it's, it's that intricacy and the math and all of that. Well, Ray, this was a, a great conversation. I really appreciated getting a chance to talk to you and have people learn more about what the SBDC does, what you do. How does someone get more information? Uh, just give us a call. Um, our phone number is 805-384-1800. If you want an appointment with one of our counselors, uh, don't call me. I'm all over the place. But you would want to call our program assistant, our program specialist. Her name is Alondra. Okay. Uh, so I would ask for Alondra, and she can intake you as a client, get you set up with one of our consultants. And uh, What's get, the website? And our website is edc-vc.com. And uh, if you go there, you can navigate the menu to our consulting and information on our small business development center. Well, thank you so much. We Now, one of the things, we, we play buzzword bingo, but I also um, have learned in doing the podcast that uh, when we were first marketing it, I'd put a person's name and their title, thinking that would get listeners, and it, did, it got zero listeners. Uh, <laughs> but if we put a fun name on it, and we've learned if we give, you know, like the three top things to lose weight, you know, if you give some kind of name, it actually, we saw our numbers take a huge spike. So you get first dibs on giving a name to what we've talked about. Well, I, I would say, if I had to sum it up, yeah, networks matter. Networks matter. I love that. See, and, and you, you did it in a few words, which also helps brevity. Right, thank you so much. And <laughs> I want you. to thank again to California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and & Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio and Cielo24, who provides the searchable captions for our show. The 805 Connect Project is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. We thank them as well. More information at 805connect.com slash partners. And remember, this podcast can use your support. So now that you've finished listening to it, take a second, go onto iTunes, and please give us a review, give us a ranking, Leave a comment because all of that matters in the Apple ecosystem as we're uh, growing this podcast to become what's called new and notable where we get recommended to people and people start to pay attention here to the 805. So until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations. Mm -hmm.